It is Sunday, January 22nd, 2012. This is U62 The Targ. Let's get it started in here. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62 The Tar. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, it's an untold tale of Star Trek IV. I go off on a tangent about politics, and George Lucas retires. It's episode 5.09, Flame War. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. And you know me. I love my DVD bonus features. I love watching them, and I love learning the behind-the-scenes stories of some of my favorite movies. And I was reading an article on Crack.com the other day. It was a list of insane details that they put into movies that you probably didn't even notice. Well, combining those two things, I would like to tell you my own story of an insane detail in a film that you probably didn't notice. The movie Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. I'm sure we're all familiar with the scene where Kirk and Spock are on the bus in 1986 San Francisco, and there's that punk rocker who's playing a very loud, annoying punk rock song on the bus, bothering all the passengers, and so Spock finally silences the guy by hitting him with the Vulcan nerve pinch, and that turns off the stereo. Now, the story behind that scene. The punk rocker was played by a man named Kirk Thatcher. Kirk Thatcher was an associate producer on the film and also Leonard Nimoy's personal assistant for the majority of the filming. He was a lifelong Trekkie, so of course, he begged his boss, Leonard Nimoy, for a cameo in the film. And Nimoy said, okay, you can play this punk rocker on the bus. When they filmed the scene, they didn't have a punk rock uh, song picked out yet, so of course it was all quiet and he just kind of mimed, you know, bopping his head to the music and stuff like that. So then after the scene was filmed... It was uh, time to choose a punk rock song to accompany that scene. Nimoy turned to Thatcher and said, Okay, that's your cameo. That's your character. You can go pick the punk rock song that you think is most appropriate to that character. So Mr. Thatcher, he started looking through all the punk rock songs that were available to him. You know, the ones in the Paramount Library that they could get for cheap. And he was dissatisfied with his selection choices. So he decided to push his luck a little further went back to his boss, Leonard Nimoy, and said, Look, I'm not finding any punk rock songs that I really like. How about if I write my own punk rock song and donate it to the film for free? And Nimoy said, Sure, why not? So Mr. Thatcher got down with a couple of his buddies, who were the film's sound designers, and they kind of formed a little band, They sat down and they wrote this crappy little punk song. From their point of view, it was a gross parody of all the punk rock songs out there. Very bland, generic punk and very stupid. So they wrote their song 
and then it was time to record it. Now, because these were professional sound designers, they went down to the professional sound recording studio, and then they dragged all the microphones and everything out of the recording booth and into the hallway, so that way they could properly capture the whole crappy demo recorded in some guy's garage sound and feel. So they recorded the song, which they called I Hate You. Then one day, Leonard Nimoy came down to the studio and they were all like, hey, let, we're going to play for you that little punk rock song we came up with. They played it for Nimoy. Nimoy burst out laughing and said, that's it. That's the song. It's in the film. And that's the whole story behind the punk rock scene in Star Trek IV. And how do I know this? Because my complete uncut soundtrack for Star Trek IV arrived in the mail the other day, and the complete uncut version of I Hate You is on that CD. How did they get the complete uncut version for this soundtrack album? Well, the producers of the album tracked down Mr. Thatcher, who held on to the quarter-inch master tape after all these years. So, here it is. The complete uncut version of I Hate You from Star Trek IV on the Dark. of etiquette with their one and only song I Hate You from the soundtrack for Star Trek for The Voyage Home here on U62 The Darg. Good afternoon, Mark Cap is still here with you. I hope you'll forgive me if I'm a little bit distracted. I'm keeping one eye on Facebook right now. I seem to be in the middle of a flame war on Facebook. I know, not a good idea. And it's a flame war about politics, which is an even worse idea. Here's what's going down. Right now, down here in Athabasca, we're having a by-election to fill an empty slot on town council. And a Facebook group has popped up. You know, it's kind of like an online forum, uh, you know, where you can pose your questions for the candidates. So I decided to pose a question for that's been one of my big bugaboos here, and that is affordable housing. 
This is a question I asked. It's long been acknowledged there's an affordable housing crunch in Athabasca. Now, in my time, I've seen many affordable housing solutions presented to town council, most of them duplexes and fourplexes, and most of them voted down. Now, the reason why they are voted down is usually the same. The people show up in droves to the public hearings and prou loudly proclaim, not in my backyard. So my question is, how would you balance the need for affordable housing with the desire to maintain the status quo in our neighborhoods? I know it's going to be kind of inflammatory because, well, I'm sorry, in my position, that is the number one obstacle I've seen to affordable housing in Athabasca. You're going to build a nice little duplex in a neighborhood and then suddenly a guy comes forward and says, hey, you can't build that there. My kids like to play road hockey and the increased traffic will interrupt their games too many times. Think of the children. Or perhaps my favorite reason for seeing an affordable housing project voted down. I swear to God, this was the actual reason. A guy stood up at the public hearing and said, I had my house custom built so I could watch the sunrise from my kitchen table every morning. To build a house on that empty lot would block my view. Seriously, that's why affordable housing isn't coming to Athabasca. So I put that out there, one of the candidates answered, and I got to say right now she has my vote because it's a very long, very detailed answer. I know in our soundbite world that's the wrong thing to do, but a long detailed answer tells me that she's put a lot of thought into this and she probably has a plan. But still, others have weighed in. Says one candidate, well, Mark, I think you're just grossly oversimplifying the problem by saying that it's uh, NIMBY syndrome. You know, they were looking at an apartment building downtown, you know, an apartment building downtown. Think of the families. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a little selfish here. I'm not thinking of families. You know what? An apartment building downtown, that would be fine for me. I really don't care about having close access to a playground or a school bus stop because I don't have kids. That's another one of my problems with uh, affordable housing. People are all hung up focused on young families, young families. Well, what about me? I'm not in a family way yet. I'm a bachelor. I don't care about stuff like close access to playgrounds because you know what? I don't use playgrounds. You know, an apartment building downtown, I work downtown. I could walk to work, walk to the store. That seems like a good affordable housing problem to me, but no, not right for families. And then I'm like, well, you know, all of the problems you bring up would be easily addressed if the neighborhood where they keep voting out the duplexes and the fourplexes would be opened up to the duplexes and the fourplexes. Come on, what's wrong with having new neighbors? Ah, well, actually, in part of the long detailed answer, you know, it's properly addressed why people are so opposed to quote-unquote, affordable housing in their neighborhood. Because, you know, the thought process works like this. Affordable housing equals low income. Low income equals you can't hold a job. You can't hold a job equals you're on drugs. You're on drugs equals you're a criminal who steals stuff to support your habit. Affordable housing, therefore, attracts a criminal element to the neighborhood. I don't know how that form of thinking propped up here in Alberta, but there it is. Hell, look at what happened here in St. Albert about a year ago. 
we had Habitat for Humanity, the legendary charity, wanted to put up an apartment building in St. Albert, and people voted it down. It made national headlines because a guy did write a letter to a St. Albert paper pretty much saying, I don't want it in my neighborhood because I don't want those kinds of people in my neighborhood. Well, I'm sorry. Affordable housing does not mean criminal element. Affordable housing means guys like me. Guys who live in Alberta who are stupid enough to have a dream job that's not related to the oil patch. Ah, just, as you can tell, affordable housing, it's one of the things of mine, well, mainly because of the business I'm in. You know, one of the things they tell you in radio is you should never buy a house because you move around so much. You know, I was looking up the statistic the other day. Radio is the one profession with the most transfers. No, it's the profession with the second most transfers. The most is still military personnel. That's how that worked. In radio is the second most job where you move around a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Well, I'm done trying to explain it. And number two, despite what my drunken uncle will tell you, you don't get paid a lot of money to sit around on your butt talking. So, as you can see, affordable housing is a bugaboo of mine. You know, why should I buy a house when I might be moving in a year or two and I don't make a lot of money? So, radio folks look for cheap rental properties. That's why affordable housing is a hot-button issue with me, and that's why it frustrates me when our mayor puts the blocking of fourplexes in town as one of his campaign promises, and we had one former town councilor who said he would Vote to keep apartment buildings out of Athabasca because apartment building is just another word for a crime-ridden slum. I'm sorry, but a lot of Athabasca is anti-affordable housing. And from what I've seen, a lot of the problem is because people say they don't want pe those kinds of people living next door. Well, you know what? I'm those kinds of people and you're pissing me off. <sighs> I'm starting a flame war on Facebook about politics. Stupidest idea ever. I'm done now. I'm getting off my soapbox. You're listening to Mark Chappas. Go do disgusting things to that boy. On U62. The Targ. I look around, and once again I'm on my own. My man in here, he's gone and done me wrong. No one's gonna stop this girl from having fun. I throw my hands up high and have a party for one. I'm having a mean party. A party by myself A mean party I don't need nobody else I'm having a mean party I'm the first in love to show There's no one at this party That I don't already know I'm not gonna sit around by myself and wait for you Haven't you heard? Love is the new too I'm gonna make a scene I'm gonna make a fuss Tonight I'm gonna celebrate With just the one of us I'm having a
from the Muppets. That's me party here on U62 the Targ. Ah, kind of my theme song, Party of One. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I got you. I got all three of you who listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah, but I finally saw The Muppets last week. I found it to be a great film. Oh, so amazing. The childhood nostalgia just came over me in waves. And speaking of movies, one of the things that the internet is a Twitter about is apparently uh, George Lucas has announced his retirement. His new movie, Red Tails, came out back on Friday. And uh, for those who have followed Star Wars and George Lucas's career, you know Lucas has been trying to make this movie for 25 years. It's a World War II epic about the legendary Tuskegee Airmen, the all-African-American fighter pilot squadron in World War II. So that's in theaters. And as part of the promotion for it, George Lucas is saying, that's it, I'm done with filmmaking. And all I can say is, didn't he say this after Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005? Yes. Yes, he did. Apparently, George Lucas says he's not really retiring. Uh, What he wants to do now is make crazy little independent films, like his very first film, THX 1138. And as I said, he said that after Revenge of the Sith, so I guess his idea of a crazy little independent film is something where Indiana Jones fights aliens. Uh, But all I can say is, Mr. Lucas, we all know this is guff. You're going to be back before you know it. You're you're probably just doing all this to bring attention to your film. So, you know what? George Lucas isn't fully retiring. The door is still open a crack. And, you know, I'm about all talked out for uh, this episode of The Targ. Once again, I apologize if I uh, kind of irritated you with my long ramblings about uh, political issues there. You know what? Uh, I always think... I always say this whenever an election comes around in Athabasca. Come the next proper election, which will be in 2013, if I'm still here in Athabasca, I will probably run. And please talk me out of it, because me and politics, we don't mix very well. But you know what? I see stupid things. I feel like me and my generation are not represented well on council. So who knows? Maybe I will. But, you know, I'm just actually not so good at the debating and stuff. So if I come to you in about two years from now and say I'm running for office, slap me across the face and say, no, you're not. Uh, Sorry for getting all political on you, but I'm all rambled out now. So I will end this. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. You know, it's really hard to masturbate with you guys talking. Not for me.